0: and welcome to the Meet the Translator podcast. My name's Dot and today I'm joined by Mandy Borchart for an episode on marketing translation. I'm going to find out all about Mandy and her specialisation and she'll be sharing her experiences as well as lots of tips and advice for fellow translators. I hope you enjoy the episode! You so much for um, coming on my podcast. It's really nice to have you here and see you not in person but virtually. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. thanks for having me, Dot. I'm really <laughs> pleased um, to be on the show today.
0: So, could you start off with a little introduction about yourself? Um, so, who you are, what you do, and how you became a marketing translator?
1: Yes, so I am Mandy Borshardt. I am a translator based in Germany. I mostly work from English into my mother tongue German, but I also speak Spanish and translate from Spanish into German occasionally. And I specialize in marketing translation. Yeah, and I actually took a pretty straightforward career path. So I studied um, translation uh, in Germany. I did my bachelor's degree and my master's degree in Germany. And after that, I started out as a freelancer after being employed for a year. And yeah, that's basically it. So I started freelancing in 2015, and my initial specialization was actually technical translation. So it was a bit different from what I'm from what I'm doing right now. Yeah, after a while, I lost a bit of interest in technical translation, and I was looking for something new, something more challenging, something a bit more yeah interesting for myself. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, initially I was a bit hesitant to jump into marketing because I had a not-so-good experience with a client job that I had um, that was uh, marketing-related. So Mm -hmm. I thought maybe marketing is not, um, you know, I'm not cut out for marketing translation because I don't have the talent. But, you know, then I just decided to do some CPD activities and really deep-dived into um, the whole topic of marketing and marketing translation and copywriting. And, Mm -hmm. yeah then just try to get clients in the field. And that's how I um, became a marketing translator in the end. And then it turned out that I didn't have to have that much talent, that it was more <laughs> of a skill that you actually have to acquire.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's good, though, like doing the thing that you think that you're going to enjoy, despite having a little knockback if you thought at the fir- at the start that it wasn't for you. You never really know until you fully... try it so I bet you're glad that you did that now.
1: (laughs) Yeah I'm actually pretty glad and I only started out with with technical translation because that was the subject they offered at the university so Mm -hmm. when I started out I I of of course opted for technical translation because that's what I had learned at the Mm -hmm. university Mm -hmm. but after I don't know three years or so I thought "Mm, maybe I can specialize (laughs) in something different that I'm and maybe I'm not cut out for. Mm -hmm. translating manuals until I retire. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, so can you, I mean, I know it's got quite a broad specialization, but can you kind of try and explain what is marketing translation?
1: Yeah, it is quite a big term and (laughs) a broad uh, term, but um, put simply, to me, marketing translation is just the general term for transferring marketing materials into another language and for a new target market. Mm-hmm. This can basically basically be any piece of copy it can be video content, it can be a podcast script, it can be a blog post, a Facebook ad, even a TV commercial, yeah anything like that
0: mm-hmm. so which which of those do you do most of? Um, I mostly do
1: um, online marketing so anything from web Websites, blogs, mm-hmm. newsletters, white papers, social media content, and webinar scripts. I even, I even once translated briefing for influencers in which, in which they were told how to promote a certain product. Oh. So I actually yeah, translated the briefing, what the company wanted the influencers to say mm-hmm. on social media about their product.
0: Oh, interesting. It sounds like there's lots of different kind yeah, of... Yeah, it's lots of
1: online marketing, anything that's, you know, on social media or, yeah, blogs and websites. So it's not so... I'm not doing so much non-online related, so it's mm-hmm. not billboards or things like that, no TV commercials either, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, more, more focused on online marketing.
0: Mm-hmm. So what is it that you enjoy about this specialisation?
1: Well, I think... One thing would be um, that I really enjoy the feeling that, I, that you have when you know that you, you really nailed a tagline or a slogan or a headline, for example, when you know it. it's exactly what the original says, but in completely different words. So that mm-hmm. feeling that you have is really cool. And maybe also that it is very varied. So um, you get to work with lots of different companies from many different industries. and I think I really like this you know variation in the job.
0: Mm -hmm. I guess like with a lot of specializations like a lot of them overlap a lot of people might specialize in like marketing translation but for it could be like medical marketing translation Mm -hmm. or I don't know something else and like a lot of specializations do sort of overlap so like with it being such a broad specialization do you think that Marketing translators need to niche down and have a specific type of marketing translation they do, or can can you kind of be like, oh, I will just do all marketing?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's an, that's an interesting question because I personally don't have the feeling that I have to niche down, mm-hmm. but I can completely see and understand that there are some product groups maybe that do require that. Maybe if you think about IT or legal. It might be a really good idea to really know your stuff in these fields mm-hmm. but I also think that it's sometimes since marketing is such a broad thing it's sometimes really difficult to niche down and there are so many products out there so I think if you want to pick a niche maybe you can focus on larger product groups and say okay I'm going to focus on food or maybe mm-hmm. clothing but i for me personally, I, with the with the clients that I have, I don't think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can see both um, both sides really, and maybe you cannot just, you know, determine it um, so strictly.
0: And I guess you could also do it on a sort of project by project basis. Like I'm guessing there must be some projects that come to you that you're like, no, that's not for me. Or exactly. Like, yeah. That's right. Know. That's right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's um, totally depends on. On the product, I think. I mean, if it's a picnic blanket, there's not so much to know about it. Maybe mm-hmm. the fabric, and you know. But when it's a legal text, for example, I, for example, I, for example, I would never um, accept to translate a website for a law firm because I know, though it is marketing, and I'm I know things about marketing. I'm just not confident enough to translate law content.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: or legal content.
0: Yeah. What would you say are the like biggest Areas of marketing translation like say someone wanted to be a marketing translator and they wanted to have a specific niche within it what would you say are like some of the bigger areas Mm
1: -hmm. yeah as as I I said maybe it's when you look around it's like you could find niches that are larger product or service groups so I think IT is a big niche Mm -hmm. law or legal stuff is a big niche maybe food and fashion as well Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: that are yeah larger niches that I could maybe determine Mm
0: -hmm. I've seen I've seen some people specializing in like sustainability marketing Hmm. translation as well as well yeah
1: I mean uh, there would be a zillion niches out there probably because (laughs) there's so many different groups uh, different uh, products and services out there so it's yeah it's really difficult to Mm -hmm. niche down i know it's really you know it's the the common way to go for translator to pick a topic a niche and then focus on that but i think in marketing it's really overlapping so much as you said Mm -hmm. with um with other topics that sometimes it's a bit difficult to you know pick one
0: yeah But I guess it's nice in a way because you get to sort of try out a lot of different things. And I guess like as you get more experience, you might learn which things you enjoy the most or which things you're better at. And you can sort of do more of that or kind of do, I don't know, whatever.
1: Exactly. I also think um, if you wanted to pick a niche in marketing uh, for, for, for translators, then maybe just go for the things that you are interested in as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we are also consumers. We Mm -hmm. must not forget that as translators, we're also consumers. And why not, you know, start out with a niche that you're maybe familiar with because you simply buy those products a lot. Mm -hmm. Maybe you know a lot about fashion or maybe you know a lot about baby clothing because you have a family and things like that. That would be a good starting point, I think. Mm
0: -hmm. I guess if you are literally the target audience of the text that you're translating, then you, you know... (laughs) It's <laughs> yeah. probably the more of yeah. the stuff that you read as well.
1: I mean, it sounds super simple, but it's actually, I think you would be the perfect translator for um, a certain product if you are the target group.
0: Makes sense. So what kind of skills do you need to be a marketing translator? I know that you said that when you started out, you did a lot of like CPD and stuff to kind of build that up. So yeah, what kind of skills do you need?
1: Yeah, I, I had the feeling that I had to... Learn more about marketing and copywriting because I had a little bad experience with a client at the beginning. So I said, "Okay, come on, that has to be a better way." Mm-hmm. Um, so I just deep-dived into CPD and I read a lot of books about marketing and copywriting. And I think those two things are basically the skills that you have to have. You need to know about marketing strategies and tactics. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, you just you don't only have to understand. What a blog post says, you also have to know why is that blog post written? What do companies usually want to achieve by mm-hmm. giving out free content? It's a lot of work to do that. what What is their gain in the end um, if they do that? So, yeah, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Know about marketing and tactics and strategies mm-hmm. and also copywriting. Mm-hmm. I think you don't have to be a copywriter yourself, but it's definitely useful to know the tools that copywriters use so Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah how do you write a
1: claim how do you write a slogan and yeah things like that
0: because it was interesting what you said earlier about when you write something that's like what the source text says but in completely different words you're almost doing a bit of copywriting in a sense the difference is that you've already got all of the ideas there for you maybe yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly (laughs) So I think it's important to also notice that there are skills required because I sometimes heard from other colleagues that there are always that's only a marketing text, so that's easy. And I was like, what? If it's a marketing text, how it can be easy then? So they compared maybe with technical translations or legal translations where there's a lot of research to be done, and maybe that's not the case for marketing translation. But um, it's it's not easy either. It's not, yeah. um, yes. And you don't have to wait for creativity to strike either. You just have to know the tools that you have as someone um, yeah, working in marketing and copywriting.
0: Yeah, they're completely different types of challenging, really, aren't they? Like, yeah, you yeah, can't really I say agree. one is easier <laughs> than the other. <laughs> like, they're just yeah, difficult yeah. in different ways. So I guess it depends how, also how, like, your brain works and everything. Like, some people might find one area easier than the other area but
1: yeah um, yeah so i I would never say that marketing translation is easy actually even though (laughs) um also people sometimes say well if you if you know your stuff then it's automatically easy but i yeah i might i I think i won't uh will won't agree to that either so yeah it can be really difficult um if it's a marketing text
0: Mm -hmm. do you um do you offer copywriting as well or do you just do translation
1: i don't i have um yeah, I've read a lot of um literature about copywriting, but I've never really dared <laughs> to offer mm-hmm. the service myself. I do copywriting for my own website, for example, so I mm-hmm. yeah, didn't hire a copywriter for that. But yeah, maybe I will do that or a deep dive into that a bit more and yeah, just take the plunge and offer it, but um for now I'm only offering translation.
0: Mm-hmm. Cuz I, I know it's something that a lot I feel like a, quite a few marketing translators do start so yeah. offering copywriting as well and it's a good combination actually yeah, yeah there's a few courses for like I know Natalie Lecker did like a content writing oh that was content writing for translators so I know that's slightly different actually maybe I did mm-hmm. but yeah so one thing that comes up a lot um is the idea of transcreation and I guess it's sort of something that also kind of you hear a lot along with marketing translation mm-hmm. as well. So so what would you say is the difference between transcreation and translation?
1: Yeah, it's maybe not a very easy question to answer. I think generally speaking, like really generally speaking, a translation is maybe usually a bit more straightforward. So if you have your terminology ready, you can probably go through a translation faster than through a transcreation. Mm-hmm. And also the work process for transcreation is quite different from translation. In -hmm. transcreation, you focus much more on the message and not so much on the words in a sentence. So, yeah, I think that would be my general Mm -hmm. definition of the two. But also, Mm -hmm. yeah, and also in my experience, transcreation takes much longer. So you can spend maybe 10 minutes um, transcreating three words and you can you know translate a blog post that's pretty straightforward in maybe a day Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: and do you do you find like if a client contacts you would they say like I need this translated or I need this transcreated or do they do clients use that words with those words with you as well or do you just sort of kind of have to gauge how creative they want it to be or how kind of close to the source text they yeah. want
1: it. it's pretty much like thing. that. So I have experience. maybe, yeah, it's, I think this is very subjective, but the clients that I have, they don't care what I call it. They don't mm-hmm. care if I call it transcreation or marketing translation or localization. And yeah, they, don't, they can't bother, they can't be bothered to differentiate these things. Mm-hmm. They just want to have their, their copy kind of written in another language to say it really in basic words Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. to to my clients it doesn't really matter and I just quote um for myself I will just skim through the text and see okay this is going to be a bit more work this is going to be fairly straightforward and easy so I just make um yeah summarize these things in my in my offer but I just you know quote the job in general
0: Mm -hmm. and I guess a, a different sorry this is sort of like a changing the topic slightly but one thing that I know a lot of translators most translators have to deal with is NDAs we do our work we sign an NDA Mm -hmm. and then a lot of time we can't actually talk about what we've done or show anyone what we've done I guess for a marketing translator if you're translating like a website for example the website is then being published online so do you find that you're allowed to like share that more and show what you've actually worked on?
1: Yeah, it depends a little bit on the client. Mm -hmm. I have, for example, if you work with an agency, it's usually not the case because they don't want you to mention the end client or that Mm -hmm. you work together with them. Um, but I also have direct clients whose policy is, no, we don't want to, um, you know, mention our translators. I also have experienced these kind of things. So I can I can say, yeah, some clients uh, don't have a problem with that. So uh, I also, for example, translated for other translation colleagues. They mm-hmm. translated their websites, and they, of course, were absolutely fine that I um, yeah mentioned that we work together and things like that. But, yeah, it's, um, it depends. It's really... Um, depends on the client that you work with some of them make it easier for you for some it's no problem to say yeah of course just um yeah show off your your testimonials on a website and mention our company it's it's fine but mm-hmm. others are yeah a bit more um, strict with that even okay. though it's a direct client
0: yeah do you get to like have your name ever like credited on it or d- no it I don't I think I after? don't
1: I don't create much um translations where this would be required or where this mm-hmm. is yeah on the blog posts for example I do lots of blog posts on newsletters and things like that that's just not yeah it's not a place where you would put <laughs> put the yeah. translator's name yeah but it's fine it's fine
0: yeah yeah because I mean I know like a lot of the time with blog posts like it will say who the author of the blog post is
1: yeah yeah that's true so they
0: could put the translator it could well. maybe I should be a bit more um you could <laughs> I, suggest maybe I should it. ask more <laughs> I don't know so. What is the best project that you've ever worked on? Are you allowed to tell me about it?
1: That's a tough question, (laughs) I must admit. And maybe I think I don't have like the best project I worked on, but I had a couple of clients I worked with that I really enjoyed working with because I really liked the product that they sold. And Mm -hmm. one of them was, it, it might sound super boring, but I enjoyed it a lot. It was a British tile company And they had so cool tile designs that I I wanted to just tile my entire house with those (laughs) tiles because they were so pretty, but they were super expensive. So I thought, okay, Uh maybe maybe 10 years I can (laughs) afford those tiles. So that was really cool. Yeah, what else? Let me think. Um yeah, as I mentioned, I translated websites for other colleagues that uh, as well was really cool because you finally got to translate text about translation and translation services and it was like, yeah, you know, a fish in water.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, cuz that's also you're not necessarily the target audience, but you know you know that inside out yeah. because you are translating. translator. You know translator, exactly. So yeah, you know the like, service
1: so well, so you can translate it really good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like you are the client rather than being the target. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, like, I get. I bet it must be hard sometimes when you translate like products or services or things that you really want yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> it must be hard not to like finish mm-hmm. your work and then go and buy the <laughs> thing that you just. yeah
1: I also did lots of um, tourism content and I was like okay great I (laughs) sometimes stopped translating because I wanted to watch a YouTube video about whale watching for five minutes
0: (laughs) (laughs) but I bet you get a lot of holiday ideas from that yeah 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 Yeah, you've mentioned that you work with direct clients you've mentioned agencies as well do you kind of Have a mix of both then, or do you work with more one or the other?
1: Well, it changes um, constantly, I have a feeling. I started with agency clients only. Mm -hmm. Then after a while, I had both. Then last year, I had only direct clients, and this year, it's a mixture again. So I feel feel like it's constantly changing. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Do you enjoy having a mixture of both, or do you prefer... Um, One over the other.
1: I think I enjoy that I have the option to have both because I see the advantages and disadvantages of both. So sometimes, you know, some people are maybe like direct clients are the way to go, but I also see like, you know, direct clients can lay off their, their departments and then you you're, you're kind of lost that client and then you are happy if you still have... Couple of agencies that you work for, so you can mm-hmm. kind of buffer that. So yeah, I think a mixture of both is yeah is something I enjoy.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I feel I, I think I feel the same. Like it's nice having. Yeah, it's nice having a variety. I saw on your website that you offer your clients a starter guide to entering the German market and like a website roadmap and <coughs> mentoring sessions. So you do a lot of things. It sounds like other than just like doing the translations how does that benefit your clients do enjoy doing that as well because I know a lot of people do like just the translation yeah um what made you like want to do that sorry that's lots yeah. of questions in one well yeah <laughs> no, no
1: I, I completely understand <laughs> I mean what made me do it um that's maybe a good way to answer the question is that when I translated texts for my clients I often wondered why they want to have that text translated because to me it didn't make sense for the German target audience and those were mostly um agency um, jobs so mm-hmm. it kind of was obvious that the project managers didn't really you know discuss any marketing strategy with the end client so to me as a translator it was hard to translate this text because I didn't know how would it fit in with the target group doesn't didn't really make much sense sometimes so I thought mm-hmm. okay that it, it's obvious that, that translation is not the only part of selling internationally not you know to just it's not just offering your website in a different language, you kind of also have to think of a new marketing strategy for that new target market. And Mm -hmm. I think some companies, they kind of neglect that a little bit because they just maybe don't have have the knowledge that they need um, to judge that really. So what I'm trying to help my clients with is, you know, seeing the bigger picture and see... Um, how they can sell to the German market beyond translation. So I help them Mm -hmm. understand the German customer better, even though they don't speak the language and they probably have never met their German customers in in person Mm -hmm. and um, give them, you know, this kind of awareness and culture and marketing as well.
0: So I guess the differences would be, like the first thing I think of is things like holidays or things like that, like you might have, you know, like in Germany, you celebrate christmas day on a different day to for example in the uk yeah. for example and things like that is like yeah. like one of the main things are like what other things kind of
1: yeah it's just it's there. it's that for example you know like your marketing calendar would probably look a little bit different but it's also just you know um cultural preferences of a German so there we we love safety for example we want to be always on the safe side with things so Mm -hmm. protection of personal data is super important to Germans and if you neglect that because in your own country this is just not um, such an important topic then you kind of miss out on opportunities to generate trust in your German customers in these things I mean it's not rocket science really from our perspective because we are trained to as translators we are trained to see cultural differences Mm -hmm. but as someone who has never really um, had to deal with these kind of things I think it's difficult to see those things and we have to you know explain a lot and train them to see these differences and yeah raise some awareness as
0: I said. Mm -hmm. So do you find that all this knowledge that you have from having marketing as a specialism, does that help you when it comes to marketing yourself? I know you said that you were able to write your own copy for your website. Mm-hmm. Does it help with your like marketing your services?
1: Absolutely. I would definitely say that's the case. I mean, before I did any marketing related translations, I didn't know much about marketing at all. So when I started to read a lot about it, I realized that I could absolutely use it for my own marketing. And Mm -hmm. also I have the feeling that because I translate so much marketing material, I actually also learn from the texts that I translate because sometimes it's texts um, about marketing advice to small businesses and I'm like, oh great, I could just apply all of this to my own business. So yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I see a lot of your um, posts and stuff and it's interesting to see that on LinkedIn and stuff, it seems like you're targeting like your clients which is interesting because i think one of the one of the big differences i see a lot on linkedin is some people are targeting other translators which i think i probably do more of and Mm -hmm. then some people are are targeting their their clients do you find that that works quite well do you get a lot of clients interacting with it and like connecting with you from that
1: yeah that's a really interesting question because i'm still kind of figuring out Mm -hmm. these two things because i i post content on Instagram, for example, and on LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. I am starting to realize that even though sometimes you might think, well, it's just two different platforms, but they're both social media, so they're probably kind of the same, but the the audiences on both platforms are so different that I kind mm-hmm. of get the feeling that I can promote my, um, you know, my mentoring business on Instagram much better. And on LinkedIn, it's just easier to connect with other translators and, you know, get some you know, present yourself to to the translation bubble on LinkedIn because it's much more network-related than it's on Instagram. So I I get the feeling that Instagram is more um, to present yourself and your business. Mm -hmm. And on LinkedIn, it's easier to, you know, um, cater to your connections and network, really. I feel Mm -hmm. that's – at least that's the feeling that I have. Maybe others have a different feeling, but that's the feeling that I have that these are the most – yeah. The the biggest difference is that I can see between the two.
0: Yeah, I think there definitely are different audiences yeah. on both. And that's like,
1: interesting because it proves that um, you cannot post the same things on all the platforms because sometimes it just doesn't, you know, it's doesn't really fit.
0: No, yeah, for sure. Sometimes I do post the same things on both, but then not yeah, yeah, everything. Sure. It's like some things yeah. you can, some things, and just kind of, yeah, see how it goes. So uh, yeah. would you say that LinkedIn and Instagram are your main online marketing that's where you do it or do you do it do you use facebook or twitter or anything else
1: it's only the two and i'm also i'm already feeling like okay it's it's i can't uh, can't do more Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's like it's sometimes a lot of work and i think two platforms is more than enough yeah Mm -hmm. i i think also especially for translators linkedin is absolutely sufficient Mm -hmm. Um, the connections I made there two or three years ago when I really started to um, be more present on LinkedIn was just amazing you get so much traction and so much traffic it's 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 a great tool for translators to network
0: yeah I I definitely find that as well and something that I think Kelsey said one time was that it's better to do pick like one or two platforms or something and do it really well rather Mm -hmm. than trying to spread yourself over everything and be everywhere and not do well yeah. because, as you said, like there's different audiences in different places, mm-hmm. so you, yeah. you can't just kind of blanket put the same thing out everywhere every yeah. Yeah. every it's, time. It's like I agree five different types yeah. of content you need to create if you're doing yeah. Whatever. It's that, and also
1: I think if you focus on one or two. It's easier to really connect with the people that you' mm-hmm. that you're you t- that you see on those platforms because of course we use it as a marketing tool and to you know make our services visible to the world, but in the end um it's just you know it's social media mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's about um connecting with people and if you if you do it on too many platforms it's so it all seems to be so superficial and yeah Mm. if you focus on one or two it's easier for you or actually doable yeah to really focus on the people and you know even make friendships on LinkedIn it's absolutely possible
0: for sure because you want to be able to interact like if I'm going on LinkedIn and I'm posting on LinkedIn whatever I also want to be able to I want to have the time to read what everyone else is posting and Mm -hmm. comment on their stuff I don't want to just go on there post my thing and then leave like yeah yeah it's it is a community really isn't it mm-hmm. yeah so as a marketing translator do you have any marketing tips for translators <laughs>
1: um yes <laughs> i do actually <laughs> well um maybe that's it's, uh, it's, um, a great follow-up question for what we just talked about i think one marketing advice would be to just be present in the online world so for example Set up a website, um, or, yeah. Set up your social media profiles and also network. Do the networking. I know that some translators are very like, yeah, I want just to be for my work for myself and not connect with you <laughs> with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. But um, it's so easy these days. You don't have to be like a super outgoing person or anything. I would not consider myself um, that either. And it's just so easy on social media to connect with other people. So I would definitely give the advice of setting up uh, maybe one social media profile and network as much as you can because mm-hmm. yeah you you definitely get some business out of um the fact that people know you that people that you you might come to their mind when they think about hmm, who could I refer for this or that translation job
0: yeah I do I find that is well, actually a lot of my work comes through referrals mm-hmm. um also just from from clients that have probably I I'm I'm assuming because a lot of the time they don't tell I find they don't tell me where they found me they just email mm-hmm. me out of the blue and I'm like okay cool <laughs> like okay <laughs> I'm, assu- I'm assuming from talking to some project managers that they just go on LinkedIn they type in I don't know English to German marketing translator yeah. and then you pop up or whoever pops up and they see and I think if you're active on there as well I guess mm-hmm. it makes a difference yeah. in that yeah. sense. yeah I think that's that's uh, definitely the case
1: and also if I if, if if some client asks me for a translation that I can't do I think about who could I recommend that client mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, that way if, if I know you from social media or from LinkedIn or anything that it's yeah it's easier so that you, your name pops into my head and I just recommend you to someone I can't help with
0: mm-hmm. yeah for sure And for anyone who's thinking that they want to be a marketing translator, maybe they're still studying or maybe they're specialising in something else and they want to branch into marketing, do you have any advice for those people?
1: I think, yeah, um, if you want to specialise in marketing translation, just do as much reading as you can in this topic. Um, I know, yeah, as I mentioned before, maybe for some it doesn't sound like a real specialisation because it's just marketing, but... There are, it's a skill you can learn. Um, uh, There's knowledge that you have to acquire. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would just go ahead and read as much as I can, maybe attend a seminar or a webinar about this topic and just, you know, try to acquire some knowledge in the fields of marketing and copywriting.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you have any specific uh, books or courses or anything you'd recommend?
1: Well, I... I read the book about transcreation from Nina Sadler She's from mm-hmm. Austria. I think many uh, from the translation bubble might know her already. I can definitely recommend her book. Mm-hmm. And also, I think about, um, I'm not sure, if it, that I think I did some online seminar from Google as well about marketing. It was free, so... And it had um, a test at the end, so why not do these kind of things as well? And also, you can do if you subscribe to LinkedIn for if you do the the paid subscription, or you test it for a month, you can also attend their um, learning, their LinkedIn learning, and they have lots of marketing-related courses there as well. So that's also something you could try.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Is there anything else that you'd like to <laughs> that you'd like to share? <laughs>
1: um no i think um i'm pretty good thanks
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think i've gone through gone through all the questions it's been really really interesting yeah so yeah if anyone does have any more questions for you or they want to get in touch or they want they're looking for a marketing translator um what's the best way to contact you or find you online
1: well the best way to find me online would probably be LinkedIn. so if you want to get in touch just yeah Feel free to send me a connection request and maybe mention that you found out about me on on this podcast. It's always good to know, you know, where people come from, how they found out about you. So yeah, LinkedIn mm-hmm. would be definitely a good choice.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, in the show notes, I will put your LinkedIn so it's easy yeah, for perfect. everyone just to click on it and go and <laughs> connect with you. Yeah, thank um, you. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing all your knowledge it's been really really interesting and lovely to chat to you
1: yeah it was wonderful to chat to you too dot yeah finally we got the chance to really talk to each other yeah
0: it's been nice it was
1: really nice thanks for having me and thanks for the invitation
0: thank you Thanks for listening to this Meet the Translator episode on Marketing Translation. I hope you found it as fun and interesting as I did. And thanks again to Mandy for joining me. Check out the show notes for useful resources and a link to Mandy's LinkedIn profile. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast in general, send an email to Translator at gmail.com.